1: Girls Pod channel, I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy
2: Messer. Why did you take so long to say welcome? Because we haven't recorded for a few weeks. I gave myself a false start because I'm timing, so we stick to time today. This is the catch up episode. Hello,
1: nice to have you with us. We are the Thinker Girls and we drop different shows on this channel every day almost.
2: Yeah, just about. Every other day. Inspiring chats, funny chats with amazing guests. (laughs) No, I'm saying from guests, oh. not from us. I'm not too <laughs> narrow and horn getting around saying we're hashtag inspo. <laughs> we're just sharing our lives shooting the shit, and if that happens to be inspo to you, we'll half our luck. Yes. And if not, well, we never said we were.
1: No, that's right. We do want to hash into what's going on in our lives. Just some quick housekeeping. Wanted to give a big shout-out to the VIPs, particularly those that were able to attend our Sydney uh, 411 shows. Obsessed with you guys. Some of you came week in, week out. We're so, so thrilled. Um we have put on a live recording of our catch-up episode that we did last week um, about – what did you talk about? You talked about – I forget now.
2: Oh, God, I can't remember either. Um, oh, no, I remember a, th- a theory that you were confused about, which is that girls are pusher Yes. when it comes to dating. Yes. And yep. you spoke about the um, struggle to work on your own yeah. after a long amount of time. Yeah,
1: the new the new phase, yep. 2.5.
2: 50, whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, has um, been a few of those 2.0s. Yeah,
1: so I think um, what we did – no, not what I think – We recorded that podcast live and then streamed it to our VIPs. So we've got a VIP uh, Facebook group where we give all little special treats to and we try and do those things as much as possible, giveaways, whatever. If you do want to join, please uh, click the bio link on our Instagram um, or have a look at show notes. We would love to have you and would always appreciate that support.
2: Yeah, if you're in a financial position to do so. Obviously, Mm -hmm. all of the shows right across the Think Girls pod channel remain free. Mm -hmm. Um, That's really important to us. But yeah, if you've got a bit of money and there's something that you get out of these shows and you'd like to chip in, then we would just froth you for it. it doesn't have to be on a regular basis either. No. You can do a once-off if you get a pay rise. Yeah.
1: Half your luck
2: and ours. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, Today I want to talk about the first three years of our life. I have been dealing with some pretty heavy anxiety this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've always been a person that suffered from anxiety, but I've also had an absolute clusterfuck of bombs thrown at me over the last 12 months. And my anxiety has definitely come to play a big part in that. So the last couple of weeks I've been diving very deeply into my panic attacks because mm-hmm. they've become much more prevalent, particularly since my brother was in hospital. It all just got a bit too much. Yeah, And they happen when you don't know. And one of the biggest things I'm working on with my psychologist, which I wanted to share today, was what goes down on the first or in the first three years of your life, can essentially set up your fight or flight, uh, I guess, reference point. Mm. And for the rest of your life, you will continue to work with whatever was set up in those first
2: three years. Isn't that so interesting? Because I I reckon if you ask the majority of people what went down, zero to three, they'd be like, I don't know. I've got got, no memories. I've got zero memories of when I was two. I reckon
1: most people's memories are from when they're like
2: four or five,
1: like school time.
2: Yet. How much of your, as you say, your personality, your responses, your sub, your you know, subconscious thinking, goes back to the, a time that you actually can't even remember. Oh, I forgot one hook. I rang my mum today and asked her about those three years. Oh my yeah. god, I completely forgot.
1: It. This is the whole part of the story. Yeah, and a story that she told me went down in the first three years of my life. I don't. I feel a bit bad because I don't think my brother knows this happened. Will Bl- blow your mind. I had no idea. What, something that's happened to you both? Yes. Oh my God. When we were three, before we were three, she just stru- like randomly just pulled. I'm in my 30s. So your mum's
2: never told you? Never. How are we? Okay.
1: That I think is quite a right. story I would have been sharing.
2: <laughs> oh, God only knows what's happened. Um, I want to talk about um, adult acne. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spoken about this a lot in the past for different reasons and when I've been in different places with it. I've always suffered not always, but like, oh, on and off the pill. That's been the reason that I've yeah. gone on and off the contraceptive pill. I was determined this year to go off the pill and stay off of it no matter how bad my skin has got and it's gotten to a – I'm about to give up. Mm. I'm not in a good place with it. And I know 1st cell problems but that's where I'm honestly at today. Yeah. It's just constant in my – it's like a loop playing in my head at the moment.
1: Yeah. Who's
2: looking at my skin?
1: Yeah. It's hard sitting along the other side of this. Like, oh, I just feel like I'm out of things to say back to you as well. Oh yeah, you know no, what I'm I mean. Not, like,
2: yeah, but I, know, I think sometimes you say things. I have in the past said things in hope that somebody says back. Oh, yeah. it's not even that bad. Or I'm just in a place where I'm like This is what it is. Yeah, I feel like I fought really hard, and I don't need anyone to be okay. To tell me anything, nah, but yeah. I just I need to be. I need to be honest. Yeah, because I set out to do something that I I'm about to fail at.
1: Mm, okay, that's harsh.
2: Yeah, well, I am. Fail. Well, <laughs> I am. I said I'm not going back on the pill and I'm about to. But I wouldn't use the word fail. I would see that as a failure.
1: But isn't, oh, we're obviously getting into this now, but isn't, um, like, aren't things like this trial and error? Like, how are you going to know what's going to happen? Oh, I knew what
2: was going to happen. So I was on the contraceptive pill, like a lot of people, quite unconsciously Mm -hmm. from the time I was 17 and Mm -hmm. started having sex I remember first asking my dad can I go on the pill and up until that point my skin had been like most people going through puberty especially if I ever get any kind of breakouts typically around my chin or my mouth which is often the part of your face that's hormonal which is pretty you know like I had acne but it wasn't horrific. It didn't scar me. You know, I was, I was conscious of it and aware of it and used makeup to cover it, but it wasn't anything that was crippling. Like a lot of people, I guess I was, I don't know, kind of in between Mm -hmm. if you're looking at a scale of like awful crippling acne versus beautiful, clear, lucky skin. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, from the time I was 17, I don't think I ever really realized what the pill was doing to my body. Mm. What the 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 bad side effects it was having, but also the good ones, and we've spoken about this in the past and on the radio show and whatever. And and I was quite inspired a couple of years back. I'll put the link in show notes. This Joe Rogan podcast that I, I just found so fascinating, where it was just this random offshoot of a topic. And if you listen to that podcast, oh. the episodes go for three hours, so I you'll can't know they bloody it. jump right around. And yeah. there's about 13 hours of ads at the beginning. I find him on Instagram now, and that's the most I've been able to do. But I. I mean, he shits me sometimes, but I like a his curiosity and b the vast array of guests Mm -hmm. that he gets on. Mm -hmm. Anyway, this particular guest um, was a female psychologist and doctor, and she was talking about how, as a society and and as a um, agenda, you know, such an unconscious thing as women, you know, especially in America, talking about how over medicated it is. You're on these uppers, and then for the uppers, we were on these downers, you know, with. it being quite a you know a commonplace thing to be on countless amounts of medication contraceptive pill being one of those and not really knowing what the side effects are it's interesting as well because i think so many women would not if you were to go to a doctor say a
1: new doctor or i don't know you're at customs or some a place where someone's questioning you very randomly they would say to you uh what medication you're on and you would say i don't take any yeah and that would include people that took the pill. Yeah. Because it's so – it is so um, unconscious, as you say, that it hasn't even really, I think, entered a lot
2: of women's minds that as it medication. is medication. It is. Yeah. But you're taking a daily dose of hormones and – for um for the time of my life when I was in an eight and a half year relationship, that was our form of contraception. It mm. didn't really. I was just like ah condoms, no thanks. Like I don't need to. I've got a boyfriend. but blah, yeah. blah, blah. you know. So it wasn't even. And that was really the the start and the finish of it mm. until I started to. I don't know. I think maybe about four years into not having a period, like literally. I would get all of the symptoms of a period back pain, you know, a little bit of acne, you know, maybe a bit moody, but never actually bled, never had a period. And I started to investigate that a few years ago and I went to a doctor. They said it's fine, don't worry about it. But there was something in me that was like, oh, I don't know about, like, it doesn't sit right with me that I don't even know where I'm at in my cycle. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what's heavy, I don't know what's light. I wouldn't – I could go on a few – I'd be one of those people that you see on A Current Affair with those stories of like, I didn't know I was six months pregnant, you know, (laughs) like provided I wasn't shocked. But I would be one – and you go, how the fuck do you not know that you haven't had a period? That would be me. Yeah. And my best mate got pregnant because of that reason. She hadn't had a period for all this time. And I think that's what rattled me because that's going back four years ago now so that would make sense. Where I went off the pill, I think it was maybe like four months, Mm. straight away, my skin, awful. And I was like, "This is just, you know, recalibrating. Think about what you've been doing to your body all this time." And I was at a point where I was like, "When it gets too bad, if it gets too, I'm just gonna call it because what's the point in putting myself through the ringer?" Mm-hmm. My confidence was so rocked. I felt so awful. I was doing all these different things, skincare, like spending so much money on that. You know, like all the things that you're supposed to do, trialing different things in your diet. Nothing worked. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm going back on the pill." Fast forward to a year ago, broke up out of this relationship, and I was like, "Why am I taking the pill?" Also, I'm at a place in my life now where I'm not, I'm not as like, ah, eh, oh well, blasé about things that I put in my body as I yeah. kind of used to be. Yeah. You know, and after hearing that podcast, where this particular doctor was talking about, you know, for women we you know, we are cyclic creatures and, you know, our 28-day our cycle is like with, you know, in line with nature and the moon and, you know, it's important for us to know for our – we've done this on with Lucy Peach. Yeah, we'll put that in show notes Incredible. Yeah. To know where you're at in terms of your decision-making, and not just when you're moody but also when you've got energy, when you need more sleep, when you want sex, you know, when, when you know, all these kind of things. And I was like – I've got no idea about any of this stuff Mm, and mm, I never have. mm. And I think I felt compelled as somebody that is a curious soul and somebody that preaches, you know, this stuff that we do, like find out about what you're doing. Like, Don't just kind of walk around and talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, nah, like, and I just had this epiphany, you know, where I was like, what are you doing? Why are you on this pill anyway? You know, stop taking it. And I was like... I'm embracing this. i got my first period, uh, which I cried at because I was just had... F- you Instagrammed it. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, Big news, guys. Started blowing my eyes out. Because I had forgotten what it was to actually, I don't know, be one, one of the defining factors that makes you a woman, this mm-hmm. ability to, to fertilise eggs that, can, that essentially become new life i kind of just been like, oh, yeah, well, that's kind of convenient because now I can just wear my high-cut bikini bottoms and not worry too much about a tampon, you know? And that's the way I've been kind of getting around for the last, you know, 30-odd
1: years. I believe as well a bleed is like a cleansing too, which is, I think, the interesting part. But, I I mean, just to interject here, I think it is a cleansing, but I do think that there's times and places for everything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think... I do think that you've given your body a bit of a break, but I think also you are single and you are sexually active. Mm. Like there's also got to be a, a line there where you are responsible for that stuff too. Mm. Like it, there's a few mm. factors here. So I just, I don't know, the fact that you're thinking about going back to that after what, almost a year of yeah. being off it, You're just so fucking hard on yourself. Like you don't have to be a certain way and also – just because I didn't stay on, I don't have skin like your Like, there's lots of reasons people are on things and off things.
2: Mm. And Cause I, I don't know. I, I set myself, I'm pretty goal-orientated too. If I say I'm going to do something, which I think you're right, is to my detriment sometimes. Use, use the word at the beginning of this podcast, I've failed. I do still feel like that. And I, I, underst- I understand where you're coming from. But at the beginning of the year, I was like, determined. I was like... It doesn't matter how bad my skin gets. I'm curious to know to push through that four or so month mark when I've gone off the pill before, skin was bad. And I felt like I didn't really give it a a proper shot in terms of, okay, well, if you think about your body having been on a medication for close to a decade, four months isn't that long of amount of a time where I was like... You almost owe this to yourself to let your body recalibrate. So mm. give it a bit longer. And I have. It's How been, long? It's been almost a year yeah. now. And my skin is as like the worst it's ever been. And it's not even in a place where I need people to be like, it's not that bad because it's the way that I feel. the And the way that I feel right now is like the way that I felt four years ago when I tried to go off it and the way that I felt – when you're 15 and you think everybody is looking at you and gives a shit about the way that you look. Mm. Like I feel like I'm catapulted back to that 15-year-old girl on a bus like wondering if the boys are looking at me and like to the point where I will – I haven't actually said this out loud, but to the point where recently I was seeing a guy and I made sure I sat down in the particular seat first – so he could see only one side of my face because mm. I was like, I don't want him to see because I was just like, oh, like, and I think it's to a point where I'm like, I'm 28, like, when's his end? Like, when's the acne part end? <laughs> you know, like, um, and I think uh, I've been pretty patient. Like, there have been mornings where I just look at my face. I actually don't want to look at myself in the mirror mm. where I'm just like, I don't want to go to this meeting today. Mm. It's so ridiculous and I know that. But part of me is like, are they looking at my skin? And and oh, I better put this um, – and then I've got, got this retinol cream and I've burnt the shit oh. out of my skin. Yeah. Like my skin's actually flaking off. Yeah. And a makeup artist the other, other week goes, what have you done to your skin? Like you've actually burnt your skin. Mm. And I just I, I think there is part of this like self-loathing. Yeah. where I'm a bit like yeah. I'm so angry yeah, yeah. That, that I'm you're dealing hurting with yourself this. A bit. I'm actually yeah, yeah, it's a bit self-harming. Yeah. Where I'm like, I don't fucking care that mm. it's I can see that it's mm. burnt. Mm. And I put it on I put it on again last night mm. because I was a bit like, oh fucking you know, and I mm. I feel like I get this salicylic acid stuff to which is good to, you know, strip yourself of dead skin stuff. I know I'm I know consciously I'm stripping my skin of the oils that it needs. And even my 21-year-old brother, he, I think I was quite um, Every seven seconds, I'm looking, you know, I was driving. I would pull down the rear view mirror. He goes, stop looking at it. Stop mm. touching it. Mm. And he said to me, he's a pretty clued on dude, but also he's 21 and a boy. Mm. And, for, and he goes to me, I said, look, my skin's cleared up a little bit today. He goes, why are you worrying about that? He goes, it doesn't even matter. And I was like. Oh, I wish – because if I was giving myself advice, I'd be saying the fucking same thing. But it's It not, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, but this is the thing, right? Like, so there's two ways to look at this. There's a lesson here, and I know you're going to ro- roll your eyes, and sometimes when you're not interested, that's okay. Like, But I, I, we're doing a podcast, so I need to bring my thoughts. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> as a mate, I also just want to sit and listen to you. But unfortunately, we're recording, so here's my take. <laughs> there are lessons that you'll need to learn from this that you might not be in the place to need to learn right now. I think the thing that I've realised this year is I, th- I believe that there are always things underlying. And there's a self-confidence issue there for sure that I can hear straight up coming from high school. You know, for sure you're worried about the way people think and it's physical and it's there. So it's very prevalent. But I think that emotional issue is probably flaring something within you as well. Mm. I, I'm a big believer in that. Um, I might be right, I might be wrong, but mm. that's just the way I see the world. Yeah. But I have also realised that sometimes you just need a fucking break. Sometimes you don't need to fucking deal with everything all at the same time. And I think that's
2: what this year has been. It's been a like lot. The the transition with like always having a stable job for close to a decade and then being like, oh, what now? Going through a breakup, starting to date again, like all these different things where. You know, if I was in a in a long term relationship, I probably wouldn't care yeah. so much. But here yeah. I am, meeting new people, and I'm like the whole time, I'm not present the whole yeah. time. I, like even recently, this guy that I was like I'm into, and the whole time I'm looking where his eyes go, mm. and I almost feel like it's horrific. But it's like somebody used to we used to work with constantly put herself down and make fat jokes about mm. herself to mm. get there first. Mm. Every person that I've seen over the last week, I. I even said to you today, I'm like, oh, my skin. Because I felt like I don't want Stace to look at my skin and then think to herself, oh, God, Chrissy's skin's a bit full on. But
1: <laughs> I'm, I mean, I know that you don't want to keep hearing this, but I've got to say I'm with your brother. I just don't see it. And that's where I think the issue lies. No one else sees it. You just see it. And it's coming from somewhere within. That's, that's a tugging insecurity within yourself for sure. That doesn't mean you need to work that out today. And if going back on the pill is best for you, plus it also ticks off a few boxes of you having sex and being safe, it's great. Mm. It's not a failure. It's just you tried it for a bit and it might not be the time right now.
2: I'm proud of myself for pushing through as long as I have because I've been feeling like this for a long time. Well, you gave it a go. (laughs)
1: Now, listen here. The first three years of your life are everything, apparently, according oh, to my psychologist. There is a website where I've got this particular info from. It's called educationalneuroscience.org. No, and it's it's actually called, the, there's a name for it, it's called the Zero to Three Movement. Mm-hmm. And the general idea is that the first three years of your life are a critical period for a child's brain de- to develop and that deprivation of any sort over those years will result in persistent uh, kind of defects in cognitive, emotional, and even physical health. <laughs> so right. hardcore. Is this... I'd heard my best mate say very I was say, often. Is this new to you? No, because I'd heard her say more recently since she had my godson. Mm um first 3 years first 3 years like she's read a lot of books raising boys all these kinds of things yeah. all of it first 3 years first 3 years and she hasn't said it in an intense way it's just been in conversation it's obviously things
2: that she's learned since she's become a parent i think we're all told that you're a little you're a little sponge and you soak everything up but i don't know that i've ever heard it broken down to the 3 bit it's, yeah, it's really, really specific and the reason that it's very
1: prevalent in my life is because my panic attacks have become, um, they've not just become very clear but I think I've looked back at the past year and even big blowouts I've had with my husband have all now, it's all very clear, uh, they've all been panic attacks mm. where I feel like the sky Is caving in, and I literally need to squeal and have like almost like a mini tantrum because so much panic comes through my body that I I am I convolt like I literally convulse. I can shake like like I'm doing it in front of you now, like where I'm like "Ah," like I actually can not calm myself down. I will do it on another podcast because I feel like we need to dive right in. Okay, and I'm still working it out, so I feel like I don't want to give too much info. But what I will say is. I am discovering what the definition of a panic attack for me is. Because it can be, is it different for everybody? Yeah, Yeah. and also you tell yourself that you're an awful person and you just yell at your partner because your dad yelled at you. Or, you know, you you have all these storylines that you, you tell yourself is happening that isn't about anxiety because anxiety is really still a very new concept in terms of a medical condition. And as much as I know a lot about it, I talk about it a lot and I'm aware of it, I didn't really think I don't think I realized the severity of my anxiety
0: right. and so
1: that a lot of the issues that I've had this year with the way I've been able to deal with things has very much been has triggered my anxiety which then leads me to not be able to cope in certain situations and I instead of fainting or having a tight chest or whatever they're playing out in different ways but I didn't know it was anxiety I just thought I was having a an early stage relationship blow up with my man but I would find myself on the floor in the hallway like in the fetal position Wanting to shut myself out really? of the world. Like see, I that's think, not a fight. That's uh,
2: something way more severe. As somebody that doesn't have anxiety, you do and my, one of my best mates does. And I I, I knew that ang- that panic attacks and anxiety can come in different forms to for different people but what I didn't realise is that you can have different forms of panic attack as, as one person. Mm. I just thought it was like Stacy's is a tight chest you know this person's is a meltdown this person's is rage it evolves I I didn't I didn't realize that it's like pick any of the above and you could have any of those on one given day I
1: think it depends how much anxiety you have what level you have yeah and I think it it is a master of playing out in different ways like you might conquer a calming Mm. um, way to calm yourself down from fainting and then it will come out and throw it's you know it's 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 um, weight behind some other symptom and you don't even I didn't even know myself so I've gone through a very big exploration over the past few weeks Um, I think a lot of you may have seen if you follow my personal Instagram that my brother was incredibly unwell so to add to losing the baby and losing the job and all these other kind of full-on things that have happened this year I almost lost my brother so enter my body just is just not coping with some basic shit And I'm just a bit sick to fucking death of it. So I'm exploring and I'm reading a lot of books, which are very, if you're an anxious person or you've had some form of assault or, you know, reading books about those kinds of things are very triggering for you. So it's very hard to get through information because they all trigger you and make you feel what you're trying to avoid feeling. But I've been determined, I'm just going to try and, sit in the shit a bit and work through this. And, yes, there's been considerations of medication for me. I'm not actually taking anything um, at the moment or yet. Uh, I'm still TBC on that. Uh, but I am, I've i considered it for the first time in my life and I've had anxiety since I was three
2: years old. Is your anxiety, and maybe this is a too simple of a question to answer, but do you think at this point in your life, your anxiety is the worst it's ever been?
1: No, I just think I'm a more aware of it. Mm. So I go and dive into some more work with a new psychologist who works very much on parent relationships and trauma and kind of going and trying to figure out, essentially, in these are my words, where your fight or flight response is
2: stored from. Which is such an innate reaction that you don't have any time to kind of think about anxiety right?
1: is often very much you your fight or flight being triggered something's okay. wrong we're in danger something's happening panic panic you know this vibe but a lot of the time with anxious people that isn't really you know it it's, could be something that really doesn't evolve a bear coming to eat you even though it feels like mm-hmm. a bear is coming to eat you mm-hmm. um so she just spoke about the first three years and how integral it is in terms of um, the development of my fight or flight. And she okay. said, do you remember what was going on? I'm like, do
2: you remember it much from zero to three? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I remember f- nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Let us know if you remember things because I have. And if you've done any of this zero.
1: therapy, this real hardcore psychological work on your first three years, because okay. this is what I'm about to dive into. Yeah, okay. And I um, I thought to myself, I, you know, My mum and dad have very different (laughs) um, pictures of my life and their lives essentially and I've often hesitated to go and ask them for things because sometimes it feels like a bit of a head fuck and a very um, self-involved view of the picture as opposed Mm, to an actual view of the picture. Although I must say as much as my mum struggles from her own illnesses with her communication and her verbal activity, like she's got a kind of a – uh, motor neuron-esque, um, I don't know, it's a concoction of a mm-hmm, lot of mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. Um, uh, she does struggle to communicate. And and so I, I often put her in that box and I had a bit of a chat with her this morning and I asked her about the first three years of my life Yeah, and she said, oh, she goes, it was pretty good. She was like, you know, saying a few bits and pieces about dad and her and how... Things got pretty hectic a bit later because they've divorced when I was eleven. Okay, and I was like, okay, yeah, but mum, just talk to me about the three years. Like, even if you feel like it's not something important mm, or whatever, mm, just what was happening. Mm. And she goes, well. You know, we all talk about how your brother and you were very close in age. She said, but that was very full on for me. She said, you're born 15 months apart. Yeah. So I think that makes it that she must have been, I was less than six months old when she fell pregnant. Well,
2: six months, yeah. Six months
1: old and she falls pregnant with another baby. okay. And then she told me my brother was born and a year or so later she had to have a hysterectomy. Okay. So... She had some complications with her body, and so she was in hospital getting her entire female parts taken out, which is an insanely intense surgery. Which how, so you're a couple of years old at that point? I'm th- just almost three. Okay. Then she says to me, "I'm not a hundred percent sure how your father will tell this story." And she is such a fucking golden egg, my mum, because after all of the stuff that my dad has put us through and I love him and we are all still one big unit. My mum has never said a bad word about my dad. They are best of mates Mm -hmm. and she has never spoken ever. I know people that have been together for 50 million years and Mm. still will bitch about each other. My mum has never, and either does my dad, they do not Mm. talk badly about each other. So mum had said to me, and it would have been harder for my mum, let me tell you. And mum said to me, "Look, I don't know what your father's going to say about this and I'm not going to say anything for fact because I don't know." She said, "But at the time that that happened, the hysterectomy?" Yeah. My doctor said to me, "Pam, you're actually going to need a couple month a couple of weeks off. You know, you need to care for yourself." Being a mum? Yeah. Basically. "But yeah, you need yeah. to go away." Okay. So she went away and stayed with some nuns in some <laughs> dead set. What? Dead set? went and stayed in some kind of huh? convent where they look after women or you know, often it might have been back in the seventies where if you went to get an abortion, you know, there's all yeah. different reasons that nuns took women uh, right, in. Okay. And I was like, so then you've okay, never heard that before. Never. Okay. Then it gets better. She's like, Now I'm not sure if it wa- your dad wasn't up to it or he couldn't get the time off work, but you two you kids also went into care. What what care? Also with nuns somewhere no. else. For two
2: weeks. So, and I never knew. But you've got n- no what? memory. But with but d- a different set of nuns. Like a second set. So you weren't with your mum with those nuns. You were with other nuns. Just
1: random people for two weeks, my brother and I.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: Like foster care. But I had a working father. Wait, what the fuck was he doing? Well, that's why I feel a bit guilty talking about this on this show because I need to talk to him about it. Because you haven't even spoken to him or your brother about it I yet. just, my mum told me this this oh morning. Oh, my God.
2: No wonder you have abandonment issues. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And no wonder you also have a love and profound respect for women. <laughs> Here you are with his bunch of <laughs> I the sound of music. Seriously. Like three years old, like hanging Maria. out. Oh, I can't get, oh,
1: I can't. So you were raised. Our manager often says to me because I'm trying to I'm trying to pitch this fucking single girl book, and she has often said to me, "You got a book in you about your life, mate." Like I don't know if it's now, and I just I'm coming to a point where I'm I'm almost having to agree with like, what the
2: fuck? Were you angry when your mum told you?
1: No, I felt triggered. I felt dizzy. Yeah, and I felt like
2: speaking of panic attacks. Yeah, I felt a bit
1: like lightheaded and a bit like. I felt a bit um, – because I've got I've got such a good awareness of my relationship with my inner child and the therapy I've done with uh, calming her down. I felt um, I felt her
2: yeah. come
1: up. I felt this inner child kind of come up and feel lost. Was there- I felt, and I am very connected to that and mm-hmm. very spiritual, mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to go and do a bit of work on that because I think – there's definitely something in there that has not been uncovered.
2: So when your mum mentions this, and you know how often this will happen where you forget completely, somebody mentions something and there's a spark or a picture in your brain or a feeling or something from that time. Is there any is there no. anything when she mentioned that you go, oh, now I I've feel like always, it's a, a really serious therapy session? I just wonder if there's a yeah. dream you have or there's this um, you know, I mean,
1: I know that I've always freaked in relationships when someone goes to even go for a walk. And I always just thought that was to do with my dad leaving. Like I always just thought my parents got divorced and I'm always well, going to have a bit of an issue. it kind of is.
2: Really.
1: Yeah, well. Yeah, I always just had a bit of an idea that it would. And mm. to some degree that's happened. But it got to a point where I'd worked on that shit and I've worked really hard on it. So when it got to this year and I kept having this anxiety... It's not that I ever think you're done with the work, but I've done 15 years, 15 years of working on a relationship with my parents and on the fact that my parents split. Like I have worked on that storyline and there just wasn't, there's just, I just feel like there wasn't too much left to dive in there. So I was kind of left to go what else is there? So and is then, part of
2: you relieved then to know that there
1: oh, is I this just, other section? I just think there's like this is the very beginning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you know, this is the beginning again. And I believe this is my life's work. I believe I, I'm experiencing things and um, and working through it to share my story. And I, I do believe that. I, I've always felt that in different ways of my life, whether it's talking about things with you whether it's doing stuff now on my website, whether it's whatever, it's always just been. But I, I've never really realized it till this year in particular, where I went. I think things are happening to me to be able to be a facilitator or something, mm. and so I, I do feel um, I'm up for the challenge. But I feel fucking tired too.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So I um. But I don't know, like, I'm also, like, on the flip side of me that loves this shit, I'm like,
2: wow. A new challenge. Not, a, but not in no, that but I'm a bit way, like kind of like, what the fuck? You can yeah. see your eagerness to dive into it and yeah. start working away. It's, like, it's like when you're a little kid and you get homework for the first time, you fro- you're excited about and it. And I
1: think that's when I released this other kind of line of work that I'm doing, I realised it's always been a big passion that hasn't just been about me fixing myself it's about working ways for you to self-care self-help and and i find it a bit of an adventure like why wouldn't we want to get to the bottom of ourselves why wouldn't we want to free ourselves from the past teachings why wouldn't why don't we want that freedom mm. and i want it and i always have wanted it and i've always since i was 17 worked hard at it
2: wow. so well let us let us know if you've if you've done some of this work Four, if you remember well, anything, zero to if, three, yeah, zero like, to three. I think I'm in. So, I'm now in. on my brain's ticking and I've mm. got nothing. Mm. I'm just thinking of you as a three year old surrounded by nuns I mean, singing hymns. Like it's
1: the picture. <laughs> All
2: right, I think it's time for you to pick up the phone and let your bro know because I feel weird that I know and he doesn't.
1: Well, he'll know by the time this airs, at least that's something. And I oh, never
2: really do this, but I'm like, you've got to shit. Oh. Well, you can't not. Oh. Hot. Okay, if you like this episode, <laughs> it's a long one. or any other episode that um you have caught across the Thinker Girls pod channel subscribe to the channel it really helps us um, climb the chart so that more people can get out there and hear it we're really passionate about what we do that's why we want to make it as accessible for everybody to get their ears around it Um, so that helps
1: Um, also if you want to buy tickets to our live show I'm pretty sure we will have announced it by the time you hear this episode if not they are coming but uh, we are very very excited there will be probably a separate podcast to give you all the details on that but if you are interested head to thethinkergirls.com.au or find the event on Facebook, um, or all the info is on uh, tickertech.com.au. Stunning, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Bye bye. Bye.
2: If you like that podcast, there's heaps more where it came from. Go to thinkergirls.com.au and go through all of our oldie apps. Dare you? This podcast is presented by the Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. This podcast is produced by me, Christy Mercer, and edited by our podcast producer, Jordan Lott.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.